Pray with me, please. Come, Holy Spirit, come in great power and great might. Lord, send forth your Spirit. Your word promises that when your Spirit goes, you renew the face of the earth. Spirit of the living God, come and dwell now in our hearts and our minds so that we might hear you speak, Lord. We long to hear your voice. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you heard in the gospel the impetus or the motivation that I have about this idea that as we come forward, um, we might be anointed with oil. Did everyone hear uh, what Jesus said as the scroll was handed to him? He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And then he gives this checklist. He's, he's saying that what's getting ready to happen, the beginning of my ministry, you're all here present, Jesus is saying, and you get to see the premiere. You know, people love to be invited to premieres of anything. Uh, the premiere movie, the premiere grand opening, whatever it is, the soft opening of a really famous, anybody, anybody that's anybody or anybody that wants to, wants to be seen or known uh, goes to premieres. And he's essentially saying, you're here, you've been gathered here, how blessed you are for what's about to be revealed to you. But it's not just the blessing of being in Jesus' presence. It's actually the call to ministry. This is the launching pad. His disciples are gathered there, and he's essentially going to say, or does say, he's brought me here, the Father has sent me here, anointed me, set me apart, to proclaim good news to the poor. The good news is short and simple. Death no longer will have authority over your lives. If you believe in me, Jesus says in John, greater things you will do. The first great thing you do when you believe in Jesus is you begin to understand that as soon as we receive him in our heart, our new life has begun. Romans tells us when we confess with our lips, believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. The good news, the initial good news is we will live forever, withness. We will be with God forever. That's great news. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. That, that sin no longer has the last word in our lives. That the last bad thing we did, the last ugly thing we said, the last horrible thought we harbored is not the last word. The captivity that we're being set free from that he's announcing is sin's no longer going to have the last word because if it does, then when you die, you die. I'm coming to set the captives free from their sin. And lastly, I'm going to heal. Everywhere I go, the sign of the kingdom of God is going to be healing. It's amazing. Wouldn't it have been great? Well, brothers and sisters, it's still great today. I say this all the time. If our confession of belief was the only thing that mattered in the faith equation. As soon as we confess Jesus Christ as Lord, he'd take us out of this broken world. We'd be separated from all the pain and trouble and suffering. We'd be with him forever as all that mattered to him was we confessed. Confessed that Jesus is Lord. Apparently, he has a plan for each one of us. I remember my mother, she was dying of cancer, asking me, why won't the Lord take me? I said, well, Mom... I think the simple answer is he still has something for you to do. I don't, I'm not sure. 
I know you pray for your children every day. I know you pray for your grandchildren. I know you tried to make a cheesecake last week for the tea room. That's a great story. See me about that another time. But I said, I think the Lord still has a, he'll take you when he's ready. Our times are in our, his hands, scripture tells us. He knows the day we were born and he knows the day he's going to call us home. So if he's leaving us here, amen, he's leaving us here for his purposes and for his glory. And here's the second part about this that blows my mind, and it's what I preached on Sunday. He actually believes we can help. Have you met Charles and I or John or have you met? I mean, he thinks we can help with the rescue and reconciliation of the universe? He does. He thinks each and every one of us seated here has a role to play. That's what Paul says. That's what we heard this morning. There's hands and there's feet, there's ears and there's mouths. There's all parts of the body. And the thing Paul's is interested in when he's talking about parts of the body is that each one of these parts is in Christ. So it's as if the box comes with the game in it, or a puzzle with all these pieces. But they're part of this grand scheme that when you put it together, you're like, ooh. It doesn't mean you can go get a piece from somewhere else or a piece from your neighbor and make the puzzle work. The puzzle only works, only goes together, only looks like the body when everyone is in Christ, which ain't easy. Even when we're in Christ, we're still living on this side of eternity. We still fail. We still hurt others. We still need forgiveness. We still need healing. We still need to be brought back into a deeper relationship. That's the beauty of faith for me, is that whenever I confess with my lips that I failed, whenever I ask the Lord sincerely to restore me, he seems to give me a new or deeper understanding of what his forgiveness really is. This body of Christ is an amazing thing. And like I, like I was trying to say before I sidetracked myself, the most amazing thing is that he actually believes we can do it. He actually believes that Doris and Jane and John and Sally and, and everyone seated here can play a vital role, a vital role in his rescue mission for the universe. These three things or four things that Jesus stands up in the synagogue and proclaims are essentially the Christian's job description. You want to follow me, Jesus says? Here, let me tell you what you'll be doing. First of all, I'll anoint you with my spirit. First of all, you cannot do this in your own strength, like I told Ryan in his ordination. The only way this gets accomplished is with me in you, like Mike preached. It's as if Jesus is inside of us, turning us more and more into whom Jesus would be if he were us. So I'm going to anoint you with my Holy Spirit. And then when that happens, you're going to tell everybody I'm forgiven. There's a movie or a series called Rev, and it's on Prime Video now. And it's a story of an English church. It's really cute. And it follows this vicar and his wife around. Well, one of the scenes in there, the the local drunk, uh, punches the reverend really hard in the nose. And the night before... Christmas Eve, he's got these two terrible black eyes and a big nose thing. And he's really mad at this drunk. He's, he's like lots of clergy people, he's poured every bit of grace he can into this relationship, and the guy repays him by punching him in the nose. And so in the middle of the New Year's Christmas Eve service in this little thing, uh, this uh, Netflix, or excuse me, Prime Video thing, uh, as the service is going along and everybody's wondering what's going on with this horrible face that he's got, um, the drunk comes in the back door. It's really funny. And the drunk runs in the back door, up and down the aisle, screaming, we're forgiven, we're forgiven, and he runs out. Because what the people in the church don't know is about 10 minutes before the service, the drunk and the rev were on the front steps. And the drunk comes to the rev, drunk, and says, I'm really sorry I hit you. I'm really sorry I failed. I love you very much, and I love this church, and I don't want to be left outside in the cold. Can I please come back? Will you please forgive me? 
And the reverend's struggling with his emotions. And what he really wants to do is shake him or punch him back or something. And he says, yes, Colin, I forgive you. And then the drunk runs away. And so the rev stand there like, well, he's not even going to come to church. But he does come and he interrupts and he shouts as he runs back and forth down the aisle, we're forgiven, we're forgiven, we're forgiven. And it's a Christmas Eve service. Jesus came so that we were forgiven, so that we could be set back in right relationship, so that he could anoint us, so that each and every one of us today as we leave here, if we choose to be anointed or not, think of these words. You, Prince George, are being sent out to proclaim good news to the poor. You, Prince George, proclaim liberty to the captives. You heal in my name so that the blind can recover their sight. You set at liberty anyone you see who's oppressed. And most of all, proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. We're forgiven. We're forgiven. Amen.